When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, honestly, this was my favorite film of 2020. I could so resonate with so many aspects of this film. Buki Bakari has won a lot of awards for this. She's a BAFTA Rising Star winner for good reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her work speaks for itself in this film. And the film itself is absolutely spot on. It's one of the most authentic British films I've seen in a long, long time. And anyone who asked for any kind of film recommendation last year, it was rocks, absolutely rocks. I love everything about it and I'm so happy that you picked it. Hello everyone. Joining us today, we've got Ashanti Omkar. Hi. Akin. Hello. <laughs> and as always, Kobe. Hey. And we're here today to review rocks. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Joining us remotely, we have Ashanti Omkar and Akin. If you could please say hello and tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and the podcast you do, please. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashanti Omkar. I'm a broadcaster at the BBC and I'm a film critic. Hello, everyone. My name is Akin and I host a podcast called The Swinging Palm Trees Podcast. Uh, it's, a, it's a newish podcast. How's, how are you finding podcast life, Akin? Interesting, very, very insightful, interesting and stressful, especially if your computer crashes. <laughs> oh. and that, we've had we've had lost files. We've had files. I think the worst we've had is when we've recorded the first record we did in in uh, remotely because of lockdown. We thought it was okay, we've recorded. And then like coming to the files two months later, they weren't there. So we have to we actually managed to cobble together the episode. So it actually worked out in the end, but it's uh yeah it's it's annoying yeah a bit stressful but you you're you're still going have you got got past episode 12 yet that's like the magic number podcasters say if you go past 12 you've made it that's it you can put your feet up count your <laughs> uh, winnings <laughs> well next week will be episode 10 so mm. that's good Double it's digits. once a week so uh i've got a list on my wall i've got about 15 people already signed up so uh 
Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> and Shanti, you're a critic and, and journalist, uh, a film critic. I mean, this, this film has had, I don't, we, we'll talk about this a bit, but as, as a critic, has it, has it benefited, do you think, from being released in lockdown or with more people seeing it or has it, has it suffered? Well, actually, 2020 was a very good year for diversity in cinema because mm. after Oscar So White and BAFTA So White happening the year before and everyone changing their voting processes, et cetera, et cetera. And Time's Up as well. And Time's Up, of course, coming coming yeah. into play. We we had a very good year. And with Rocks, we were, I, I've got to say, I was at the first ever press screening for this film. The buzz was mm. incredible. And... Wow. We we all, everybody who was in that room knew this film was going to go far. And then the pandemic happened and lockdown happened and it couldn't get to the cinemas. It was very distressing for all of us because for me, no film in 2020 beat this film. This was my film of the year. I absolutely adored it. I knew I was going to vote for it at the awards, you know. So it was a very worrying situation suddenly. I, but I do think that 2020 was a very good year because of of these other factors, rather than actually did it make it to the cinemas. It didn't really matter so much, you know. Well, let's we're going to dive into. So, uh, first thing to say is, rocks is your choice. Um, I can already estimate where we're going to go into the scores in you know, 30, 40 minutes time. Um, first of all, can you give us a synopsis in less than sixty seconds, and then we'll you know tell us why you chose it. And the synopsis time starts now. Right. Well, Rocks is a film about a young British Nigerian girl, Olushola Rocks Omotoso. And she has this little brother, Dangelo Osei Kisiedu. He's, he plays Emmanuel. And their mother, she has some mental issues. She has left them to fend for themselves. And this is all about this schoolgirl and how she wants to protect her brother, look after her brother and and stay with her brother. She doesn't want them to be split up and taken by child services, which is what would normally happen in England. And this is set in schools and you get a 75% kind of women made film with lots of girls that they cast. I'll tell you a little bit more about the casting later. And this film just blew our minds. I mean, I think every critic in the UK, especially who saw this, loved it. Five seconds. Won lots of BAFTA nominations. And there we are. <laughs> so why, why did you choose it? Uh, honestly, this was my favourite film of 2020. I could so resonate with so many aspects of this mm. film because I was a schoolgirl in East London, you know, many years ago. And, and just revisiting that scenario and how real it all felt, how, you know, how, how girls would talk to each other, the boys that were in their lives how this girl had this major mental strain on herself to protect her brother. And the way she kind of went about it was just absolutely brilliant. Buki Bakari has won a lot of awards for this. She's a BAFTA Rising Star winner mm -hmm. for good reason. And, you know, her work speaks for itself in this film. And the film itself is absolutely spot on. Helen, you were you were so pleased when someone finally, finally, you say, it's only been out for like, a year, but someone finally chose it. Why, why were you excited? So I saw the trailer for this back in like normal, like Jan January 2020. And I was like, I really want to see this. I really want to see this. I really want to see this. Can't wait to see this at the cinema. And then lockdown happened. And then I was so delighted that it, it came on Netflix quite soon. Um, 
I adore this film. I think it's so empowering and uplifting. It's one of the most authentic British films I've seen in a long, long time. And anyone who asked for any kind of film recommendation last year, it was rocks, absolutely rocks. I love everything about it and I'm so happy that you picked it. I just think it's brilliant. I love it. I just... You're just you're just in there with them. Like their friendships are so genuine and just yeah. It just gives me like this really warm feeling inside. Akin. So when Ashanti suggested I watch rocks, I said, What's that? Is this some kind of sci fi film? You know, it's got rocks. Space she rocks. said, No, it's she, yeah, she said no, it's about schoolgirls. I said, Next. But <laughs> she said, watch it. I said, okay, fine, I will. So I took, I was off on an afternoon. I said, let's give this film a try. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I was genuinely surprised. I thought, wow, this is, this is good. Especially since the protagonist is playing a Nigerian character. Yes, she is Nigerian, but also playing Nigerian. And mm. she is Yoruba. I'm also Yoruba as well. So I could actually understand what- I'm to ask you this. Oh, I could definitely understand some things. And yeah. to a degree, I could relate to what she was going through, just to a degree, as a guy. So, yeah, I enjoyed it, really did. I, uh, what, one thing I loved about this film is um, when I grew up, and it's, it's something you don't see much nowadays, is the, well, you don't see much in film, I should say, is the mix of her friend group, uh, Bucky, is Nigerian. There's another uh, black girl there. I'm not sure we know her her origin. None of this matters particularly. Uh, her, her best friend uh, is Somali Muslim. There's another Muslim lady there. There's two. There's two girls that wear the shawl. None of that is ever is ever talked about in the film. And but they're all they're, they've all got their own own home lives. And that mixture of them being together is is like fire. And that's the kind of thing you just don't get in in films these days. And I think that is that. That was the that was a driver for me for this film is that friendship and it reminded me of when I was a kid growing up and um, of a, a group of five friends one was like Iranian of origin one was Pakistani of origin there's two like white English guys and it's just that kind of we have different households um, but when we get together we're just nobbing around uh, and it it was just that kind of that that's what I really brought from it and that's what I really loved from it um, and then the story unfolds with it it's, it's just heartbreaking and. Every, every turn she goes through to try and find her mother, to try and stay out of child services, try and keep her and her brother together. It's just heart wrenching. And this, this is probably why I wouldn't watch it often because I find it, I find it a difficult watch. Um, and I can understand where she's going at every turn. Like when she's comes home, her mum's not there and her neighbours, she gets, she sees her neighbours. Oh, have you seen my mum? And she already knows that. The moment I say, have you seen my mum? Then it's trouble for me and and we're going to get separated. Um but yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastic film, um, and I wish I could have seen it at the cinema because this would have been the kind of film I would have seen in the cinema, one hundred percent. Agree, agree fully. I would have liked to have seen seen it at the cinema. I didn't get to either. Well, sorry, I did. Sorry, what am I saying? I saw, saw it at screening, a screening, but you know, I always look at press screenings as different from actually going to you know, paying for the ticket and going to the cinema and seeing. And this is the sort of film I would have done that for, and I didn't get a chance to. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys, as, as critics, have that because most critics will know they love the they're happy to do a screen, but they're also super happy to see things with a packed audience as well, and that's the that's the kind of love. So um, it's good to hear you say that. Um, after Roxy's mum goes, what 
tell me about that part that, that we talk about the, we've talked about the camaraderie the kinship yeah. the girlship um and the friendship which just flies off the screen but the the kind of main thrust of the film trying to find a mum trying to stay out of you know when when the electricity died it's like oh no um i don't know helen do you want to talk about that side of things yeah, well, I mean, you kind of come into it and already it's a single parent family. You're not really sure mm. where the dad is. And there's this kind of, is, is it an auntie or a grandparent? I can't remember if it's auntie grandparent, or grandparent. Yeah. This grandparent who, um, you know, there is a relationship there, but she's, um, is she in Lagos? Lagos. Is where she is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. she's, um, and yeah, and she, she just kind of like takes on this, almost like detective-like mission where she she goes to a workplace and when she's told that her mum hasn't been in there for weeks, you can see her face and she's working it out and she's beginning to realise and you kind of sense that she kind of has already felt that maybe her mum isn't quite with it all the time and each moment you can just sort of see her sort of thinking ahead and realising what's happened. And for someone so young, they kind of live an entire life in the the 90 minutes that you you spend with them and we we've all been children and just kind of like thinking you know oh my god if that had been me and how I would feel and it's just all of these emotions going through you and she's feeling all of these emotions but at the same time she's keeping up like this kind of everything's fine and you know she's trying to keep Emmanuel happy and she's trying to you know tell her friends nothing's bothering her like probably I just would have started crying and lost it completely but she just keeps going and she just keeps being strong and trying to carry on for everyone and yeah it's just it's an incredible performance and you just you're just with her every point because you're just like I just want you to succeed I just want this to go right I just want this to Mm. to be like that um so yeah not quite your the answer to the question I think you were, you were searching for, but that's, that's kind of what I well, felt. Well, the emotional angle and the fact that you mentioned <laughs> that. about being strong, because as, as Asians, Africans, we're always told to be strong at all times, not to show vulnerability at all. And in this case, with the mother herself, that really mm. resonated with me. The fact that she, she knew that she couldn't take care of her kids. She knew there was something wrong and she knew being away from them was probably better for them, even though actually it wasn't, but in her head, that's how it was. She was obviously struggling with mental illness. And the fact that these two two kids, they are obviously so dependent on their mother to feed them and to, to clothe them and all of these things, and them having to fend for themselves and this young 15-year-old girl having to just become the mother to the young boy, and then having to live with all these different families and find themselves a hotel room, et cetera, et cetera, it just all felt, you know, they'd, they'd actually strip back to a, a storyline that that gave it, it was like like this magical origin story almost that they managed to bring about in this film. And I, I was totally, totally mesmerized by that because we rarely have, and I totally agree with what Helen said about this as well, that we've rarely seen a film like this that gets into British urban life in this way. And it's something that, that, that we just, don't get to see normally one of my favorite scenes was the when they're in school and they have that dance class um and you just see at this point roxy's mum had disappeared but just when the beat's hitting and she starts dancing and samaya just dances with it it's like the kind of thing you witness when you know a nightclub but they're in school still and she's surrounded by friends and that's (laughs) 
you know. uh, watching this film, it gave it, it had echoes of Precious, where you had this young teenager who's going through a lot. Now, with Rock's character, of course, they're two disparate things, but you can still see somewhat of a similarity. And first of all, right off the bat, it addresses the issue of mental health in terms of the mother. Now, this is the this is the parent figure who happens to be Nigerian. And as a Nigerian, many people don't address the issues of mental health. People don't talk about it. Like Ashanti said, you're told to keep strong, to keep everything guarded within. And that's a way of thinking which isn't, which doesn't resonate well. And now because of that, the mother, unfortunately, has somewhat of a break, mental breakdown. And this child has to get up and make a go of it because not only does she have to be a child as well, she also has to be a mother. She has to be a protector and she has to use all her, 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 her smartness to try and outsmart the system. And just about somewhere halfway through the film, she nearly starts behaving like a mom where her friends ask her, is everything okay? And she keeps it in with as well, but eventually she does. So it's like, Maybe the old way of doing things isn't the right way. Maybe I need to talk about this, which he eventually does. Overall, the film I thought was really powerful, especially the conversation she has with her grandma over the phone, where the mother's speaking, the grandmother's speaking in Yoruba, and you see the subtitles, but the certain nuances, when I, re- when I heard it, I said, okay, this is what she's saying. And I said it to Ashanti that this is exactly what she's saying. The subtitle works, but let me give you more of what she's actually saying to that. So... Uh, a very powerful film. I, I highly recommend it to people. Most importantly, youngsters as well. I recommend this to young children. And it's so real. It's so real to life. Yes, we're all grown-ups as well. But if we look back at our teenage years as well, we more or less lived not similar lives, but we all had our own challenges. I've never gone through a challenge like she did. I, I don't even know what I would have done. I would have freaked out and then some. Yeah, but uh Yeah. Well, Shanti, you talked earlier about the how this how the um, first of all the, the casting, but also how the, the story came together. And I'd love to talk about a bit about that now. And and Sarah Gavron as the kind of linchpin here, um, and kind of going to lead in, lead in direction because I know when you look at Mike, when you talk about Mike Lee films, there's always this big thing about yes, he gets all the actors in and they create the story together, but then it's always a Mike Lee film written by Mike Lee, whereas Sarah Gavron is. I don't, re- I'm okay. I'm the, nominally the director, but this is not me, uh, my film as a Sarah Gavron film. This is our film. And I think that's such a refreshing kind of angle and unsurprising from a female, uh, a female director that's taken that. 100%. That in fact, I was just emailing Sarah today because we were talking about Brick Lane. <laughs> oh, I didn't email Sarah. <laughs> Just drop that one in. Just emailing it. We're just pals. No, I, you know, I just absolutely love her work. And I also love the fact that she's used what she sees as her privilege to give other women an uplift. And the starting of this film, I don't know if you Mm. spotted this, but it says real queens fix each other's crowns. And they focus on that just for a few seconds. So you see that in Bookie's room, uh, Bookie in Rox's room. And that that really is what this film is all about because I've been in touch with Amina Ayub Allen, who's also one of the producers on this film. She, as well as uh, Teresa Ikoko, who's a hackney 
Hackney girl who went to my my university actually, Royal Holloway, and you know she's doing big things, Teresa, and her her <laughs> writing skills. This was the first time she's done a film from having written for for television, etc. In the past, and they them them coming together. So you had Amina who has you know she's a, a British Asian via I think Tanzania and Punjab, you know, and then you have Sarah who has worked extensively with. For example, the the writer of of Brick Lane, who's British Asian, and then you have Teresa Ekoko, who is British Nigerian. So you've got this melting pot of cultures of these women who all came together, and of Sarah Gavron, who's just said, "Let's do this as a collaboration." And you know, they they went to this amazing woman who won a BAFTA for the casting for this because this film had some seven BAFTA nominations, and Bookie won. You know, she she obviously won the breakthrough, and then there was Lucy Pardy who won for casting for this because they looked at a thousand five hundred girls across schools. Yeah, some days they had two hundred girls in a stretch, and what they were doing was they had girls in their friendship groups. So they they talked to people in their friendship groups to find out what would work for this, and that was an incredible way because they were workshopping with iPhones. Taking, you know, taking snapshots of of scenes. They were getting the girls to actually come up with what's their favorite songs, what's the characters' favorite songs. Sorry, I shouldn't say theirs because they 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 somehow managed yeah. to live those characters. I think Kosar Ali and Buki Bakari were just standout actresses from this, just because they just lived it. And they even got them to do things like, why don't you write a diary entry for your character? For one day of this scene, these kinds of things really made this film come together as a collaborative effort. And I give hats off to Sarah Gavron for actually saying, "Yes, let's just make this something very big and 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 very, very, very lovely, and something that a lot of people can relate to at some level." So whether it's a guy watching it, whether it's a girl watching it, whether it's a teenager watching it, there's something for everyone. You you you'd think that, although um, w- one of my friends in our friendship group hated it. She um, it's really interesting. So she kind of saw it from because I know a lot of people have kind of said this is very kind of like fish tank, and I think they're kind of wrong because I think this is a lot more kind of positive. But she kind of watched it and was like, "Yeah, oh, this is like really poverty porn. Like you know, we're kind of like spying into like." their lives and we're kind of like being voyeurs and that so it was interesting to kind of hear a different side of it because I thought it was like really empowering and quite uplifting but you know not everyone does love it and it was kind of interesting to have that I mean if I was thinking like films that are quite similar I think Girlhood is kind of similar um, yeah, that's that's on my on my super list. That's Celine Sciamma, isn't yeah, it? It's. I want to do a double bill of that and Portrait. Um, <laughs> Portrait is that's, incredible. That's something I need to do in my life soon. But so, yeah. But I really, <laughs> I disagreed with my friend. I was like, oh well, we'll just go on that. One. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's things like the, um, just like the 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 bits where they're kind of filming each other and singing on mobile phones. It's just that that's how kids interact that's their world and it just kind of just felt really really authentic and it's it's, I think maybe what some people have maybe been used to is that when we do have sort of you know working class families on screen 
they're always kind of viewed from a different lens and they're not always kind of positive or, you know, the set design is like, oh, the walls are dirty and the place is untidy. And it's like, well, that's not actually, that's not like true. And this really gave it like an authentic look, which I haven't seen on cinema before. One thing I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed this, this in, in the harder parts of the film when um, yes. Rox and her brother were, by yes. the way, Rox's brother, brilliant, uh, <laughs> brilliant on-screen presence. Um, Rox and her brother were going from house to house, friend to friend, um, and staying, you know, staying at, at, at um, is it Samaya? I can't remember the name's yes. gone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> staying at her place and it's like, hi, auntie. It's the kind of thing I would have said to, to an older, to an older <laughs> it just lots of these things resonate but then Samaya's house is so different to Roxy's place which is so different to then another friend's place um, and yet they're all friends and yet they're all kind of in it together and I love how they banded together to try and find their brother um, even at the time of this kind of major stress they're not they're not being placed together that shot at the end where they see your brother uh, playing in, in the playground and he's happy it's like okay this is my have to be how it's going to be and at the moment he's fine and that you know that that left me with a lot of hope that hopefully they'll get back together but for the moment he's been taken care of i can be taken care of i can i can relax a bit and you know we'll let things pass hopefully mum will come back um so even though it's a stressful film i i do finish on a on a high with it Agree, agree totally. And something I wanted to say about uh, what Helen said about the authenticity is that they, they, in in their process, they actually, in many ways, used the girls and their stories and their behaviors to create the narrative for this, which I think was an an utterly lovely thing to do because they got. So how much how much of the narrative? I don't know if you know how much of the narrative was formulated before. Well, a lot of this was made as they went along. So it was almost like they had a framework uh, and then they started working with these girls to find them. So, for example, um, I don't know if you watched Never Have I Ever by Mindy Kaling and that's on Netflix. I highly recommend it. It's about an Asian-American girl who, who it's about her life. You know, her father has died. She's having a really hard time dealing with it. And this is what you know, her life starts to unravel. And in that, there's a young 17, well, she was 17 when they shot it. She's a young Tamil Canadian 17-year-old that they they cast. Again, they put out an open casting on Twitter, had thousands of entries, and they picked this one girl who just embodied that character. And what Mindy Kaling did was at all the table reads, etc., she actually worked with, with this girl and asked her, what do, te- you know, as a teenager, what do you do? What is it that will make this character really believable? And they brought those elements into the into the series, and that's exactly the same technique that they used with Rox as well. They actually talked to these girls in detail. They had friends, some of them were in friends groups of maybe 35 girls who were friends, you know, mm. 35 girls and boys who were friends. And they actually went in there and, and got these really authentic stories. It's like, oh, doing these little raps, you know, you can sit there. I remember doing that, you know, when I was in school, I remember weirdly, and nobody would expect me to ever do that. But, you know, we had Shakespeare in, in class and our, our form tutor at the time said, oh, do you want to do something different with this? And I said, yes, I'm going to turn Romeo and Juliet into a little poem. That's that's a rap. It's I, I, I was really into, I think, Billy Vanilli or something at the time and decided, I know, d- don't ask, don't ask. <laughs> I, 
Is that, yeah, is that right? well, you know, I, 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 yeah, my, my Atkins just giving me this look. Obviously, I hadn't discovered real hip hop at the time, but hey, you know, very conservative family, East London. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just remember all of these little little things that I did in school. I felt like they captured those things on screen, even in kind of 2020, mm. which that that just really really felt beautiful and authentic is is the word for it as H helen said did you also have an amazing food fight like that no sadly not i would have liked to though you know those jacket potatoes at the canteen at school i would have liked loved to have thrown one of those at someone if you if you pulled such a stunt like that with my parents around <laughs> <laughs> my parents being Nigerian, if they got a report back saying that, uh, mm -hmm. yes, sir, so your son was caught fighting in the cafeteria with food, best believe I'm going on a forced fast. I'm not eating for a week, literally. <laughs> my dad would say, you are bringing shame to this house. What are you doing? Eh? That kind of thing. So... <laughs> Myself being having well being Nigerian as well, um, I know the exact same kind of thing you're talking about. But Ibu, not Yoruba. Um, you you guys make the best soups. Don't start a the, war the here. Don't don't start a war. Pepper soup. Pepper soup. Yeah, I should say for Helen's and listeners' purposes, uh, Shanti also you, you grew up in Nigeria as well before coming to England, didn't I you? Did. So you've had the vibe. I'm an honorary Nigerian. <laughs> you lived longer than I did. <laughs> Um, should we head to the scores? We okay. shall. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have come from the worlds of film, television, music, food, comedy, and podcasting. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome to the Flix Watcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, please, Ashanti, with your recommendability. Please. Five out of five. You already know this, as Kobe predicted at the start of the podcast. Definitely a five <laughs> out of five. I'm recommending it to everyone. I have been from the day I first saw it. I think it's a film that everybody must watch. There's another film that I felt must be watched by everyone, including school kids. It was called Pincushion. I don't know if you guys saw it. It's a British film, mm. which again, it tackles bullying. So please write it down. Please show it to your friends. And if you have, pe you know, any, any, you know, friends who have children or teenagers, especially it's, it's one to watch. So, so that, that's another film that I thought if there was something that was kind of similar in some way, but that tackled bullying in a way that 
very very stark and and amazing whereas rocks had a very different narrative but sorry that was me digressing i don't know why i had to say that but i had to tell you that pin cushion is fantastic sometimes it just, it needs just to has to come out sometimes it just, it just has to blurt out. out but yes five five out of five for recommendability okay okay i would give it four out of five i thoroughly enjoyed the film and ashanti's given me daggers get behind me <laughs> <laughs> No, I give it four out of five. I really enjoy the film. Um, it talks about, I mean, what more can I say that we've not already talked about? So, yeah, I'm a four out of five. Helen? Um, no surprise. I'm going to go for the full five on this. It's, it is a really <laughs> tough subject. You know, it is. it tackles some really kind of hard-hitting things, but it is ultimately really joyous as well, and you can really, really find that joy within the friendship. And it's just, everything about it just is really great. And as I said before, it's one of the best British films I've seen in a long time. One of my favourite films of last year as well. It's on Netflix. Like, please, 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 please um, check this out. It's 90 minutes as well. So it's only an hour and a half. Please check it out. The performances are brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, I'm going to go for five recommendability. Why not? Um, I haven't been shouting from the rafters uh, like Helen and, and Nashanti have been, but there's no reason why I haven't been. Um, but yeah, five, five. Repeat being score, Nashanti. Gosh, I would watch it again, but I wouldn't necessarily watch it like all the time. It's not one of those films. It's not like a Marvel film where you go back and and watch it to to catch a pl- plot point or something like that, you know, or to see what one character has done when they've done something on Disney Plus, for example. So, uh, no, I, I would not give it a lot of repeat watches. I'd probably watch it maybe another two times in my lifetime. It was just that that first time I saw this film, it there was an imprint of it on my brain, and I, I feel like I don't need to see it many times. So I don't know. I, I'm just thinking maybe three Okay. I'm going to be controversial here. I'm going to go for nil. That's it. One time is enough for me. Not because it's a bad film by any accounts. No, it's an amazing film. But the subject matter, like Helen said, it's very strong. It's very poignant. And there's enough crap going on in the world, in the, in, in the world as it is, for me not to be reminded again that this is just a fragment of so many horror stories of what's out there. So, yes, I'd give it a nil. Helen. I'm going to go higher than that. <laughs> I think I probably saw this maybe about a year ago and then um, I probably wouldn't have returned to it so quickly had you not picked it, but returning to it again uh, as after about a year, um, I still really enjoyed it. Is it one I'm going to watch regularly? Probably not. So I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to 2.5. It's a great film, but it's a hard watch. Um, I think... Not that, yeah. I think I'd remember the the separation parts more than the, the camaraderie parts. Uh, giving up a two point five here. Small screen score. Ashanti. Actually, I thought I I didn't think it would work so well for the small screen, but it actually does because it was intended for the big screen. It was to have this big, you know, multi cinema release across the UK. 
and it didn't, but it still worked really, really well on the small screen. The The way they've shot the film, I think works very well as well for the small screen. So yes, I would give it five out of five for small screen. It it works on, on any size. Uh, I can. I'd give it five out of five. Everything Ashanti says, I agree. So five, five. Uh, Helen. Joining the five party. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's almost sometimes, you kind of get so close in, it's almost like a documentary sometimes. And the edit, the ed, there's something about the editing that's kind of, it just isn't like slick polished, but that isn't to its detriment. It's more like you just kind of feel as though you're in those moments. Um, I mean, I would have loved to have seen it at the cinema just to go and kind of, you know, give money and support a film like that being shown in the cinema but it's great that it is on netflix and you can watch it and watch it again so a five from me as well for small screen uh, i get a 4.5 because i definitely would have seen this uh picture house first day when it came out um but it works great in cinema it works great sorry uh, at home so 4.5 engagement score Ooh, engagement score i was totally totally immersed and engaged in this film Five out, of, five out of five, without doubt. There was there was nothing in the film that you know had me even kind of say, "Oh, let's have a sip of water" or something. There was nothing. I was just completely wrapped and and immersed. I almost mm. felt like I was one of the characters. Can I go six out of five because I was really, really no. Um, I, <laughs> You're trying to make up for your zero. Yes, that too. No, I. It's. <laughs> The way how you're engaged with the dialogue, not even just the dialogue, you feel for her and her brother. You're asking yourself, what are they going to do? How are they going to come out from this? What's going to happen next? Who are they going to turn to? Where is this going to go? So much. And you just say, you know what? I don't want to stop this. And if I have to stop it for any reason, there's a valid reason why, but just as a quick, like, come back to it again. So definitely five out of five. Helen? Yeah, another five. It just it just manages to tell the story at just a great pace that it never, it never sags. And it just, there's, there's so, you're kind of, it's so emotionally kind of up and down, up and down. And when, um, when so the social services come and, take them away like your heart just breaks and it's it's just so so sad but then towards the end when they hop the barriers at victoria station and they go on that trip together you know you you're up there with your highs and it it's just kind of constantly surprised me i just didn't really know where it was going to go and yeah i just i was there every minute so a five for engagement yeah let's go for five um your heart's in your mouth you don't know when when the mother disappears, you're not sure where it's going to go. Is she going to find her? How they get separated? Um, how, do, how you know how's it going to play out? And you know the st- school life's still going on at the same time as the tortured home life. Um, at no point is it is it does it stop. Um, so yeah, that's five for me, and that gives us an overall score of four point one eight seven five zero. So in spite of the low repeat viewing score, um, it's really high. We get a, it's, it's yes! Yay! Uh, Blame could have been higher. <laughs> Should we head to Twitter, yeah. guys? Yeah, do follow us on Twitter because we put tweets out like this saying, hey, everybody, we're reviewing Rocks with Ashantyomka and Akin. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts and your score out of five stars for an on-air shout-out on Flixwatcher. And we've had a few responses for this. Um, 
Akin, do you want to read out the first one? Okay, uh, this is from Ali Beer. And uh, with what Ali Beer, she says, or is it she? She says, natural, vibrant performances make this an honest, authentic, and moving film. A real pleasure to see this fresh new acting talent shine on screen. Five stars. Brilliant. Uh, Shanti? Um, we've, we've heard from our friends at Girls on Film podcast. Shout out to Hi, Anna. Anna Smith, whom we all love very much. And they say, we heart rocks at Girls on Film, a powerfully authentic snapshot of girlhood with stunning performances from its young cast and a glimpse into the bright future of collaborative female-focused filmmaking. It's got to be five stars. So a lot of people, I've, I've heard this from so many people, they, they just could, re, re, you know, it was just that, that relatability to this film. It didn't matter what social strata you came from. It didn't matter what age you were. Apart from one friend of Helen's, generally, everybody has loved this. <laughs> Yeah, it's great to see the love. Hopefully, you've grown up with 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 friends that you can relate to, and I think that's the that's the thing that you should have that connects everyone in this film. I think. Sorry, Helen, I cut you off there. I was just saying it's great to to hear the love on Twitter as well. Uh, Ashanti, again, can you tell us where we can find you online and we can say goodbye to the listeners? Sure, you can find me at Ashanti Omkar, A S H A N T I O M K A R. My latest work can be seen via Linktree or you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Instagram has a lot of stories that I put up on the films I'm watching and about food. You're the most, also on Twitter, you're the most fleety person I know. Ooh, I'm really fleety. <laughs> I'm fleety. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard that. Thank you. Isn't that, isn't that what it's called, fleets? They're called or fleets, fleet. indeed. And I've never yeah. heard somebody call me fleety, though. I like it. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, you can find me at uh, on Instagram with at the Swinging Palm Trees podcast, where I talk to people about the quotes and sayings that have inspired them. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram with bass and comics, because if you like your comics and if you like bass guitars or not, just hit me up on that on the side. He's a geek. And of course, he's on Twitter as... Akin Awaron, A-K-I-N-A-W-O-R-A-N. Splendid. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for bringing rocks to us and our listeners. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Thank you, Such guys. a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell him Flixwatcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.